You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. All right, boy, what an exciting time of worship, recognizing that God never fails, that God is with us, and that he is true. Boy, Grace Family Church, we are excited. We've had an amazing two-day conference for our men. We had Dr. Tony Evans come speak. We had Coach Tony Dungy speak. We had the Tonys come and minister to us. And boy, we have a special treat today. We have the opportunity for Dr. Tony Evans to come share a message with us. Dr. Evans has been ministering for over 50 years. And for many of us, he's been a voice that spoke to our hearts. He speaks on a global level to leadership, theology, and what's going on in this world in our culture and how it impacts us deeply. And so we are excited today that he has got a message from God for us. Can you please welcome Dr. Tony Evans. Well, hello, Grace Family Church. I'm delighted to be here. I got a call, they asked if I believed in free speech. I said, yes, they said, come give one. So. I am uh, delighted to be with you today and to have uh, the privilege of uh, sharing at this great church with such great leadership, such great ministry, such great expansion. I hear about your eighth campus is coming online, and I am so excited to see that you are having uh, the face of Christ be made public here in the Tampa area. So thank you so much for having me. Some years ago, there was a problem in my, in my home. There was a crack in the bedroom wall. The bedroom wall had a crack in it, and it needed to be patched. It needed to be repaired. It needed to be fixed. So I called the painter over and asked him to repair the crack in my wall. It needed to be rectified. He came over. He removed the old plaster. He put up new plaster. He repainted it. And I was happy, he was happy, we were satisfied. The problem is a month later, the crack reappeared. Somewhat evangelically ticked off since I'd already paid him. I called him back over and I said, look, this crack is not fixed. He was trying to figure out what had happened, but he redid it. He removed it, replastered, repainted. All seemed well. About 45 days later, the crack reappeared, this time with his nieces, nephews, uncles, aunts, and cousins. I had a family of cracks on the wall in my bedroom. So what I figured I needed was a new painter. I, I needed somebody else who kind of really knew what they were doing. I called another gentleman over and I said, you see these cracks on my wall? I, 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 I really do need to get these fixed. So he stood there and he studied them, he studied them, he studied them, he looked at them, he looked at them, he looked at them, and then he looked at me and he said, I am so sorry, I can't help you. I said, umwa, excuse me? I, he said, I, I, I can't help you. I said, wait a minute, I don't understand. Isn't this what you do? He said, oh yeah, it's what I do, but I can't help you. I said, well, wait a minute, I don't understand. Why can't you help me? He says, because you don't have a problem with cracks on your wall. So I looked at the crack in front of me who was telling me I didn't have problems with cracks on my wall. I said, now wait a minute, I see a crack, you see a crack, all God's children see a crack. There's cracks on my wall. Oh, he said, oh yeah, it's definitely cracks on your wall. I'm just saying that's not your problem. He said, your problem is you got a shifting foundation. 
He says the foundation under your house is moving. So what you're seeing are symptoms of a much deeper problem. And he said, if you don't solidify your foundation, you will forever be doing patchwork on the cracks on your wall. Today, we're seeing cracks everywhere in people's lives, in people's homes, certainly in the culture at large and the world at large. And all kinds of efforts are being made to patch them up. And perhaps, depending on what it is for a while, it looks like things are in order only for the cracks to reappear and to multiply and metastasize. So the question that I had to answer was, was I going to address the foundation in order to not have to keep doing patchwork on the cracks? Jesus, the greatest preacher who ever preached and the greatest sermon ever proclaimed, talked about foundations. You've been singing about foundations, thinking about foundations. Well, in the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he concludes it with the story about foundations. And he tells the story about two men. So the question that I have for you today is, which person are you? Because he only gives two options. He says, therefore, in verse 24 of Matthew 7, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, uh, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Talks about two men. They had something in common. They had uh, something that made them different and it led to a riveting conclusion. So there was a comparison, a contrast, and a conclusion. Let's start with the comparison. Both men shared the same dream. They wanted to build a house. Now in the Bible, building a house can refer to any number of things. As in this passage, it can refer to building a life. Nobody wants an unsuccessful life. Nobody wants a defeated life. Nobody wants a purposeless life. We want to build a life. We want a life that is substantive, significant, and matters. So to build a house can refer to building a life. Or to build a house in the Bible can refer to building a family. Families are called houses in the Bible. The house of David. That's the family structure. No reasonable person walks down the aisle planning to get a divorce, planning to live in discord and dysphoria in relationships, planning to have children who, uh, who don't move forward in their life or where there's fissures in the relationship. You want to build a solid home. You want to build a house. So building a house can refer to building a life. It can refer to building a family or... Building a house can refer to building a ministry. The temple in the Old Testament was called God's house. 
The church is called in Ephesians 2, the household of faith. So the ministry is called a house. We refer to where we are, the church house. It is the gathering place of the collective family of God. No pastor wants to see his house diminished, divided, fighting between leaders and congregants. No, we want to build a house. So building a house can refer to building a life, building a family, building a church, or building a house can refer to building a society, the house of Israel, the White House, the House of Congress. Those are national houses. Those are houses that have to do with the order of society, the well-being of a nation and its citizens. So building a house is used in the Bible of the nation or nations. We do not want to see the continuous divide in our culture based on race or gender or class. We would like to see a united states. And so we want to build a house. So building a house can refer to your life your family, your church, or your society. And both men wanted to build a house. Second thing that compares these two men is they went to the same church and listened to the same pastor. Now we know that because Jesus said both men heard these words of mine. So both men are listening to Jesus. Now you couldn't get a better preacher. You couldn't get a more accurate pro preacher. They were both listening to these words of mine. So we're not talking about an unorthodox person and an orthodox person in terms of the message they were hearing because both were hearing these words of mine. So they were at least biblically oriented enough to go to the same house of worship, to hear the same word from the same proclaimer. So they both wanted to build a house they both sat in the same sanctuary listening to the same preacher. But there's a third thing that compares these two. They were both facing the same storm. It says the storm came. Storms in the Bible are adverse circumstances that work against you. There are financial storms and physical storms and emotional storms and marital storms and circumstantial storms. And there are all these kinds of storms that trouble us. And I would love to say, follow Jesus and it won't rain, but sometimes you haven't seen rain until you started following Jesus. So the storm came. Throughout the Bible, people have faced storms. You're either in a storm, just come out of a storm, or headed toward a storm. Because in this world, Jesus says in John 16, you will have tribulation, trouble, it's like the letter I got in the mailbox the other day. It said, occupant. Translation, we don't care who lives here. And that's how trouble comes sometimes. They don't care who you are. So the comparison between these two men, same dream, a house, same church, these words of mine, same trouble, a storm. But that's where the comparison ends and the contrast begin. Because one man is called a foolish man 
and the other man is called a wise man. So even though they had these three things in common, they were not the same. One is a fool, one is a wise man, which tells me that a wise man can have a dream and a fool can have a dream. A wise man can sit in church and a fool can sit in church. A wise man can be in a storm and a fool can be in a storm. Since they all had that in common, yet this distinction is made. At the root of the distinction was the terms wise and fool. In the Bible, wisdom is your ability and decision to apply spiritual truth to life's realities. Wisdom is the ability and accepting the responsibility of applying biblical spiritual truth to life's scenarios. Contrasting a fool in the Bible has nothing to do with academic acumen. It has nothing to do with your grade level or what degrees you possess. A fool in the Bible is the inability or refusal to apply spiritual truth to life's choices. It is the inability or refusal to apply spiritual truth to life's realities. That is what separates biblical wisdom from the foolish person and what the book of Proverbs, of course, is all about. So he says one man was a wise man and the other one was a fool. And where it showed up was in their foundation. It says the wise man built his foundation on a rock and the fool built his foundation on sand. A foundation is always where you start. When you're going to erect an edifice, it always begins with the foundation and everything else is determined by it. Your windows, your doors, whether they stick or not, has to do with, is there movement in the foundation? If you have a foundation that's errant, it's going to show up in the structure of the house. You typically don't look at the foundation. People don't tend to go foundation hunting, they go house hunting but they check the foundation because they understand the implications. If something is wrong at the starting place, it's gonna show up in all these other locations in the house. So one man built his house on a rock and the fool built his house on sand. So let's talk about the difference between sand and rock. Sand is easy but you got to drill through rock, so rock's going to take a little work. Sand is quick. Building on rock is going to take some time. Sand is cheap. Building on rock is quite expensive. In other words, to build on sand is to build on something that does not take much effort to do. But to build on a rock is going to take some focused determination on your part 
Because to build on sand is to think short term. To build on rock is to think long term. And so he says the difference between the two men was the difference in where they started. They did not start in the same place. When you go to downtown Tampa and you see skyscrapers, you can always know how high they plan to go up by how low they drill down. Before you ever see a superstructure go up, you can get a pretty good feel of where they plan to wind up by how low they go down. You cannot build a skyscraper on the foundation of a chicken coop because the foundation of a chicken coop is not set up to handle a skyscraper situation. A lot of people want skyscraper lives on chicken coop foundations. A lot of people want skyscraper families on chicken coop foundations. A lot of leaders want skyscraper ministries on chicken coop foundations. And a lot of societies want, want foundations on a chicken coop foundation. And so the net result of that is that when the foundation can't hold it, the building is in trouble. Many years ago, I went to, uh, I went to Italy to a little place called Pisa. There's only one thing in Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Actually, there are two things in Pisa. The Leaning Tower of Pisa and people on the side of the road selling replicas of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's the only thing in Pisa. If you ever get over there and you go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you'll find people from around the world with cameras taking pictures of a small building, it's not that big, leaning. This small building is like people have shown up from around the world to watch a building lean. Now you can't do anything with the building. It's a tourist attraction. So it leans. Now the question is why does the leaning tower of Pisa lean? The leaning tower of Pisa leans because it's located in Pisa. Because Pisa means marshy. See, it wasn't built on a solid foundation. And because it wasn't built on a solid foundation, every year it leaned 1 20th of an inch more. When I was there, they had ropes around the base of the building because it was leaning a little bit more each year because they knew they had to stabilize the foundation or else it would continue to lean until it collapsed. One of the issues today is people's lives and worlds are leaning. And they're spending an enormous amount of time trying to patch up the windows, the doors, and the roof without stabilizing the foundation. And until you stabilize the foundation, you can do some patchwork on the problems that you see, but until you solidify the underneath situation that you don't see, you will not see what God wants to do in giving long-term healing and health to what you are building with your life and in our world. Now, what a lot of people want to do is they want to try to mix it. They want to try to have sandy rock. So they know they kind of need the rock, but they like the simplicity of the sand. And so they try to mix the two. They try to have an, an illegitimate, illegitimate mixture. Right now in Texas, we have the Texas State Fair. It's the largest state fair in America. Millions of people come to the Texas State Fair. They have to understand something about me. I don't like apples. I am not an apple guy. 
I'm an orange banana kind of guy. I'm not an apple guy. Except at the Texas State Fair. At the Texas State Fair, I'm into them apples because those are candy apples at the Texas State Fair. Those are apples that have been dipped in liquid sugar. These apples have been dipped in liquid sugar, and I know an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but I don't like apples until they've been dipped in sugar. The problem is when you eat candy apples, you are neutralizing the benefit of the nutrition nutritional apple was designed to give because you're creating an illegitimate mixture that is nullifying the impact of the pure apple. What a lot of people do is they come to church to hear the word and then they dip it in human opinion when they leave church. They come to church to hear God's point of view, but then they dip it into what the media is saying or they dip it into what secular education is saying and they dip it. And then they wonder why the word does not work because it's been dipped in an illegitimate context that has nullified its power to do what the word is designed to do. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I learned to uh, ride a horse at a camp outside of Texas, outside of Dallas called Pine Cove. It's a, probably the largest summer camp in America. Uh, some like 40,000 children come through Pine Cove in the summer. And that's when I took our kids and I learned to ride a horse. Now, I had seen enough Westerns to know what to do. I had seen Rawhide, Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, Bonanza. I had seen enough Westerns to know what to do. You go, ha, giddy up, then you kick it. You go, ha, giddy up, and then you kick it. I mean, I knew what to do. So I really didn't need the wrangler telling me anything. I got on the horse, I went, ha, giddy up, and kicked it. But I was on crazy horse. This horse had lost its natural mind. I went, ha, giddy up, kick it. It would go two steps forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back. I called the wrangler over and I said, this horse is crazy. This horse has lost its mind. Would you please get me another horse? He said, what's wrong? I said, I'm going giddy up, high, kicking it. And the horse is just going back and forth. The rainer looked at me and he said, it's not the horse that's crazy. <laughs> I, I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't go high, giddy up, kick it while pulling back on the reins. You have confused that animal. He doesn't know whether you want to go forward or back. So a lot of people want to say high, giddy up, ride on King Jesus while they pull back on the reins and wonder why the word is not working. Now, what was the fundamental difference of these two foundations? What was the fundamental difference of these two foundations? Well, the fundamental difference of these two foundations had absolutely nothing to do with what they were hearing because it said both men heard these words of mine. So they were both hearing biblical truth by the most biblical person, the living word preaching the written, preaching the written word that you could ever hear. He says, but while both heard it, only one acted on it. Both heard it, but only one acted on it. The principle is this. For there to be a solid foundation in the building of whatever is needing to be built, the word must be activated in order for the word to work.
The word does not work just because you hear it. That's where you start, but it has to be activated. Now, for those of you who are here, who are listening, and you are from an African-American context, then perhaps you grew up in the day when African-Americans wore jerry curls. Jerry curl was an was a African-American style where you wore your hair down. It took a lot of work to put a jerry curl in. You got, you, you, they had these chemicals you put in your hair. You had to put rollers in your hair. You had to go through some serious stuff to get a jerry curl, okay? So you got a jerry curl and your hair was soft. Your, it was shiny. It was nice. The problem with the jerry curl is it would dry out on you. The jerry curl would dry out and that nice, soft, curly hair would get crusty and hard and difficult, and so it became a problem. So anybody who wore a jerry curl also bought curl activator. They had to buy curl activator. So when the hair dried out and you bought the curl activator, you sprayed the curl activator in your hair, rubbed it in, and bam, the, re the curl came back. The softness came back because it had been activated. Many of us who go to church find out God's sermons drying out on us, find out God's word not working for us because it never got activated. And until the word is activated, it will not be implemented in your life. So you can walk around with full biblical knowledge and very little biblical experience. And the reason why is the word of God never got activated, which is why James 1 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only who delude themselves, okay? You can actually be deluded by hearing an unactivated word because you're quoting scriptures you don't experience because it never got activated by the walk. That's why the Bible calls it walking by faith, not talking by faith, moving by faith, not mouthing by faith, lipping, not lipping by faith, but living by faith. There is the movement that takes the word out of the Bible and turns it into a life experience. Both heard it, but only one activated, uh, acted on it. Then we are told uh, what the conclusion is. We see the comparison, we see the contrast, what then is the conclusion? The conclusion is, it did not become apparent who the wise man was and who the fool was until the storm came. As long as there was no storm, they looked equal. But the moment the storm came, it revealed what they were operating on. The storm is a revealer of what your foundation is. When uh, the, in, in, in uh, Mark chapter 4, when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, and he's in the boat with the disciples, he said, let us go to the other side. And they're there, they're, and then a lilac shows up, the Greek word lilac, a storm, windstorm on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, these fishermen, professional fishermen, are terrified at this storm that shows up. So the storm shows up, and they look over and... Jesus is asleep in the stern on a my pillow. He's sleeping on a my pillow. It says he was sleeping on a cushion. Now, if you're sleeping on a cushion, a pillow, that means you meant to go to sleep. 
you're sleeping on purpose. You're not just, you just a not. If you didn't tuck that thing under your head, that means you're sleeping on purpose. And that raised the question. They said, do you not care that we perish? Because when you're in a storm, sometimes it feels like God does not care. But they shook him up. They arose him. They roused him up and uh, said, don't you care that we perish? He says, why are you so timid, O ye of little faith? Well, wait a minute now. Jesus, we're in the storm. We're professional fishermen. Our lives are being threatened. Why would you be upset that we're asking you whether you care when we're going through this difficult situation? Because I said to y'all, before we ever left dry dock, let us, not let me, let us go to the other side. So I went to sleep to see whether you just said amen to my word or whether you believe my word enough to get your own pillow when you saw me sleep and you lay down with me because I told you where this thing is going to wind up. I don't want you just hearing my word. I want you doing it. Now the storm is described in detail. It says the rains came, the flood came up, the wind blew so hard that it knocked over one of the houses. The rain fell, the floods came, the wind blew. Whenever you have rain coming down, flood coming up, and the wind blowing, and you live in Florida, it's a hurricane, all right? Rain coming down, water coming up, wind can blow over houses. That's hurricane season. So he's talking about when your whole world gets shattered, when life goes left on you and you don't know whether you can take it or not, when everything is working against you, it then reveals what you have built your life on. Now, let me give you some bad news. You cannot change a foundation in a storm. You can pour it before a storm. You can repair it after a storm, but you can't do anything with it during a storm. See, a lot of people want God during a storm. He wants you to lay a foundation before the storm so that when there is a storm, you can withstand the storm because the foundation is holding everything else steady while there is a storm. It says the wise man's house stood and the fool's house fell. Some years ago, we were on a cruise. It was coming out of uh, uh, Florida, I believe, and it was a, a terrible storm. The worst storm that Royal Caribbean had ever had. The, the waves were hitting the boat uh, 45 to 50 feet high. It was knocking this cruise ship back and forth and left and right. And it was uh, uh, just uh, uh, horrific. People were screaming and hollering and plates were flying. The staff was huddled down in the hallways crunching. It was a horrific storm. And we were, we were it was a ministry cruise. We had many of our uh, supporters from around the country for our national ministry. The Urban Alternative was there on this cruise with us and it was a horrific storm. My late wife, Lois, she was just put out that he did not uh, negotiate around the storm or keep us where we were before the storm, uh, and 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 so she called the she 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 called the she she called the captain because she wanted to give him a piece of her Christian mind, and so she called the captain 
And she said, why would you do this? Why, why would you do this? Well, the lady went and said, well, the captain can't come through the phone right now. And uh, so the assistant captain called back a few minutes later. And he said, no, lady, I know, I know you're, you're, you're bothered. I know you're, you're worried. I, many of our guests are concerned. But I just want you to know that this ship was built with this storm in mind. Before we ever left Dry Dock, we knew one day we would come across a situation like this. So when we constructed this thing, we took that into consideration. So while it's uncomfortable right now, everything's going to be okay because it's already been built to handle what we're now facing. In life, we're going to face some things that are too hard to handle. When my wife died, that was the hardest thing I'd ever been through in my life. Being there beside her on the bed, watching her shift from time to eternity. If we didn't have, and that was one month after my father died. My father was in Baltimore. My wife was in Dallas. I had to fly to Baltimore to take care of him. I had to fly back to take care of her. Back and forth, back and forth. They died 30 days apart. That was, a, that was hurricane season for me. But because I had a rock and not sand, I was able, by God's grace, it still rained on me. I still had to deal with floods and winds, but the foundation was never shaken because it was on a rock. I wish I could tell you there are going to be no storms in your life, but that would be a lie. And any ministry that tells you that, be close to God and it won't rain, are not telling you the truth because it does rain in our lives and we don't look for it, we don't go for it, but we have to recognize that it does come. But if you're built on the right foundation, you will be stable in the midst of the storms that come because you've been acting on the word and not merely hearing, on the, hearing the word as you build the house of your life, of your home, of your ministry, and of the world in which we live. When I was a boy growing up in Baltimore, one Christmas, my father brought me a balloon punching bag. So you hit it, boom, it hit the floor, bam, it would bounce back, bing. So you hit it, boom, boom, it would go, bam, bam. Then it would bounce back, bing. You hit it, boom, 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 boom. It would go, bam, 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 bam. One day I kicked it, it hit the wall, came back, bam, 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 bing. Sometimes life hits you, boom, and you go bam. But if you're wrestling on the right foundation, you're going to bounce back, bing. You know why? Because at the bottom of the bloom punching bag was a weight. And the weight at the bottom was stronger than the air at the top. So no matter what I did up here, down there determined where things wound up. Sometime life is going to go boom, 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 and you're going to go bam, bam, bam. But if you're resting on the right foundation, you're going to bounce back, bing. And then sometimes when all hell breaks loose and Satan is attacking you and you feel defeated and it's one thing after another, bam, ba bam, 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 ba bam, 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 you're going to go bam, 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 bam. 
But if you're resting on the right foundation, you're going to bounce back. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.